This episode of the 126 Pod is brought to you by 49 Degrees, www.49degrees.com. Absolutely. <laughs> hey, we're back here. We got a special guest here in the house at the 126. We've got head coach of the Minster Wildcats, the coach Michael McClure. Coach, say hi to everybody. How are we doing? Thank you for having me. How are you? Yeah, it's great Jackson. to be here. Hey, so we're off to a 2 0 start. We want to get into. Some of the things about this year's team, the start, the weird year that we're in with all the pandemic stuff, but we also want to go back a little bit and talk about, you know, your career and, and how we got into coaching and your past, all that type of stuff. So let's just jump right into it. Cool? Yeah. All right, let's go. So you're from Versailles, Ohio, played at Thomas Moore. After Thomas Moore, came back to work here at Minster, didn't coach right away. When did you know that you wanted to be a, a high school basketball coach? So it was probably seven now, seven, eight years ago now. Um, I was, I went to a couple games, you know, when I graduated at, uh, when I graduated from Thomas Moore, worked in um, finance for a couple years, um, worked at U.S. Bank, worked at Mr. Bank, and then um, ended up working at, uh, or, you know, Brad had an opportunity to uh, start 49 degrees. And um, so I was completely, I don't know how many years, but from 2003 to eight years ago. So, you know, for 12, 13 years, I was really hardcore focused just on developing the business. Mm -hmm. And then um, I remember you know, talking to uh, Coach Bokey and uh, Coach Lee at the time and just, um, went to a couple games and was like, Hey, you know, maybe, maybe be interested in, you know, helping out. And then I did it. I kind of fell in love with it. Um, just being around back around the game and, and talk, you know, building those relationships with the kids and, you know, having just, you know, a little bit of impact in their lives was, uh, was kind of special and a, a much different feeling than going to work just to, just to make money. You know, it was, uh, it was much more rewarding. So you were an assistant coach for how many years before you took over the head job? Three years. I was Mike's varsity assistant for two. And then um, after that, I was the JV coach the third year. And then, yeah, right at the end, it was kind of a surprise that Mike was Mike had left. In fact, at the end of that year, I didn't know. It was the same year Nan resigned. And um, <clears throat> I didn't know if we wanted to uh, – you know, where I wanted to coach, what I wanted to do. I was thinking about not coaching, and then Mike left, and Mike said, you know, hey, I think you're ready. And, you know, I wasn't, but, you know, I, I thought I was too at the time. And um, I'm not sure I am now, but I think, uh, you know, it, it was it was good. It was, you know, year one was easier than year two. You know, Why? just this stuff that, that you know, year one, it just, you know, there was, there was a lot of new um, – I felt like, you know, I wasn't on an island. There were a lot of people, you know, going all in to, you know, kind of get you there. And then year two, you should know what you're doing. And uh, that was, you know, that was a that was a struggle year for for me, um, which would have been Mikey's, Mikey, uh, Cody, Jared, Jack. They would have been juniors, then Biggs and um, Biggs, J Rod, yeah. Crazy, AK. Uh, those guys were all um, seniors that year. And I thought that was our best team that we've had. But I don't know how good I was, you know, or we were as a staff yet. 
How have you changed as a coach since you started coaching? Yeah, it's a good question, Jackson. I, I, I think probably the biggest thing that I wasn't really good at, like I understand the game probably a lot like your dad does, like how he does. Yeah. Um, but being able to teach it was uh, something I, I think I struggled with um, early on, like applying and being able to teach. So just through other coaches that I've talked to, um, you know, that I know from other schools, but also um, Coach Stokes, Coach Steffi, um, guys that are teachers, have, Coach Wiss, I mean, people that you, you know, talk to around and you see how they teach, you know, you see how they teach the game and uh, just kind of learning from that all the time, like how, how you can get it. Cause it doesn't matter what you know, if the kids don't understand. Yeah. Like how, as a guy that played college basketball, like you've seen, you've seen what it takes to play at the next level. You've done it. You've been around elite guys and you know, there's certain things that you want them to do, but how do you teach like the drill to teach the, like to teach the muscle memory, to teach the winning you know, point or possession or, you know, fundamental or whatever it is, move to make it work in the game. Cause that's gotta be the hardest part because you're gonna, you want someone to do something, but you can't just say, go do it. You have to teach the, the drill and the stuff behind the scenes to get it to come, to come to fruition. Yeah. I think every teacher is a little bit different. I mean, there's some, there's some really good teachers out there. Um, a lot of them have different philosophies, but I think the, the main thing is repetition. You have to have emphasis points, um, like things are really important. You can't be really good at a hundred things. Um, and, you know, I think different kids learn in different ways. So, you know, while one kid may understand it more going through a film session, another kid's going to apply it better um, out on the court. Yeah. And then another kid's going to look at a drawing and say, bam, I've got it. So um, I think you have to be able to apply it in different ways, really understand. But I think what I'm saying is to be really intentional about teaching, you know, asking questions yeah. of the kids, not just, you know, so so you 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 t you teach it. You say this is this is the right way to do a drill, but or to do this in a game. But then you have to make sure that the kids understand what you're talking about. So through repetition, through failure, through getting it right, that's how that's how you learn. But asking questions is a big way to get the kid. You know, the of the kids of the kids. Yeah, yeah, of the players. So. Um, you know, that's a big part of it, but I think it's really just, just trying to figure out which, which kids and how to teach certain kids different things. I mean, that, that is, yeah, and that's a hard part of it because you're, you're thinking, well, if you get 30 kids on your roster, every kid learns a little bit different. Um, and I think that's why some kids grow faster and, you know, some kids don't maybe because you're not teaching that kid the right way. Um, obviously there's a lot of other things that could go into it, but, um, you know, that's, that's just a part of it. Piggybacking off Jackson's question, you said he changed. Like, how have you changed and developed as a coach? Were you were you more fiery when you first started out as an assistant or as a head coach? Are you less fiery? Because at the stands, when we're behind you, sometimes that you know you, you have that buzz cut. We can see the blood pressure in the back of your head go up. And we <laughs> and we started laughing at. But were you were you more fiery as a as a younger coach? Or same? Is, is there anything changed? Just kind of your your intensity on the sidelines? Or I'm probably more fiery now. Just because, you know, I, I think, um, I don't know why, but I think I was pretty chill when I started. Um, just figured it out as an assistant. Yeah, just figured it out. Maybe not, maybe not being as confident in what I know and what I'm teaching, but now I think, you know, maybe I'm a little bit more certain yeah. what I'm communicating and um, how I'm communicating it. You mentioned earlier that you, for the first, you know, 10 years or so out of college, you're building the business, working, you know, that. Your wife also works. You have four kids, two in high school. I mean, everyone's in sports, activities, and everything else. 
how hard is it to juggle all of that, especially as someone that's not a teacher and that's not in the school and gets and, and gets done to, at the time of you know three o'clock to then go right into practice. You're juggling your work schedule that plus most of your assistants all but one are not teachers, so they have to juggle their schedules to try to get practice times. Like how hard is that to just figure out and do and balance with a wife that works, four kids, coaches that don't all but one don't work in the school system? I think it takes a first of all at work. It takes a lot of, uh, I, I'm fortunate to be in a position where um, over those 10 years, um, we have a really good staff and I have a lot of flexibility. Like there's certain things that I have to be involved in, sure. but, but there's also, we have, we have a really good staff at, you know, at, at, at the office. And then the other part of that, the family is, you know, Heather has to be really selfless and our kids, my kids have to be really selfless. Um, because we don't have a lot of time, like just earlier today, like we put a Christmas tree up, but we haven't decorated it. And we're probably not going to for a while just because we're all going different places. And, um, I'm going scouting here in a minute. Like it's, it's, um, there's not a lot of during the winter, especially, but even parts of the summer and the off season, um, you just have to dedicate a lot of time to it. So it is hard to battle, but I like, I think of it in thirds, like, like family one. And then two is, you know, basketball and, and, and work, like even 33%. 2A, 2B. Yeah. yeah, it's like, but, you know, you, you give them all, you know, as much time as you can. The reality is, is I think what we love in our competitive drive, the reality is that basketball swallows up yeah. the majority of the time, you know, especially during season. So, I mean, for us and the assistants, and that that's, it. you know, your question about the assistants, like, you know, Brian Steffi is working. He he has a, a business. He teaches and he coaches two sports. Like he doesn't get to see his family. Yeah, you know. And and JJ, it's the same thing. Like Kurt, Kurt spends a lot of time. Like all these guys, Logan, they like they all spend so much time um, outside of their families. You know, to to spend on the game and for the betterment of the program. But part of that is because we're all competitive as hell. Like, yeah. You know, but part of it is that we really, truly do value like that shut like during the pandemic. And I remember having a conversation with Logan. He's like, I can't take not being around the kids. Yeah. Like that's become such a fabric of, I think, all of our lives. Like we've really enjoyed being like with the exception of Stephanie, the other coaches have been around but we enjoy being around the kids a lot and, you know, being a part of their lives. And, and, um, so you just miss that, like that we miss that, and you know. It... Yeah. Go ahead. No, you you mentioned the pandemic. Yeah. Jackson, you had a question about about that. Um, how did the pandemic affect the team over the last year? Like especially like the summer, like the, like basketball is not just from November to to March. I mean, there's camps, there's year round, there's you get time in the summer. Like, what was it like? You know, outside of just trying to get games in and just get, you know, work on all the logistical challenges that are happening right now, but just like, yeah, I think you were one week you were going to go to Finley or Capital or something. It was like every hour it was changing if we're going to do this or not. It was on, it was off. Yeah, it was crazy because, you know, that springtime, like we leave the kids, you know, usually, you know, we've left, left them at Walpock and then, you know, you have your 30 day shutdown. So, 
and then after you know after that we didn't have the chance to see him for a couple months and i think it was around the start of june that we got back together with him where we could get together in groups of eight um that was good like but it was still weird and and not normal and um i think what we lost like when you go to finley and you go to capital or you go to a team camp like the part of that isn't like there's some skill stuff you're working on some team like how like plays and stuff like yeah. that but like it is the bonding like you're getting your Just team being together. together yeah like you're you're together and building relationships and when you're staying overnight and you're joking around and having a blast i mean missing out on finland was good the advantage i think we have is like our senior group is so close they're a tight-knit group so i don't think that that really like affected us like i don't think that we have a, a mixed bag of kids that we need to get used to each other and really bond like i think our our group together is already pretty tight so yeah we we missed that and i wish that they played at finley and all of that but from a skill standpoint to be honest like our guys were really good they they were guys working the driveway sending videos we were sending workouts push-ups push-up challenges push -up the challenges. nixon boys in the push-up challenge uh, justin still can't do it <laughs> i think johnny got there but justin couldn't do apologizing it. when he hit we said a cuss word <laughs> i think he dropped the, the bomb <laughs> So you do all, like, were those things that you did, like, and I don't know, were those things that you did going to summer camps and doing these other things, like, were those things that happened right away or were those things that you said, hey, we're going to do this camp, we're going to do this one? Or was there, like, just finding the right formula for the offseason and trying to get, as you try to get people to buy in and, and be a part of the program and just kind of build it every year, are those things that you've done every year or are there things yeah. that you would change or is there something, like, if you had, in a perfect world, if you had more time with them, you would do, what if in a perfect world if everyone only played basketball which is never the case and that but if you did would you do more camps would you want individual instruction is there something else that you would do or change if you had more time with them like yeah i don't know so much like you know sometimes i think we do too much individual instruction like what the way we approach it is like if we have to fix somebody's shot or or we have to teach a kid here's what you need to work on and here's why then there's a level there's a part of it where they have to do their some of the work on their own if they want to really be good because we can only spend so many time with 30 kids yeah and you know yeah are we going to give our varsity kids probably more attention or time yes but if a kid you know one of our young athletes wants to get better there's you know we're going to tell them here's here's what you need to do we'll show them in an, an instruction session but then i think they need to take some ownership of that work in the driveway and work on that skill yeah and um you know i i you know in terms of how our off season is structured like we've kind of done the same thing every year june is june is high school basketball month at least in my mind it is and you know that's where now baseball bleeds into it for a week or two but that's when the team camps are because july and a lot of people around here don't know this but july is a u like centric so that's why they don't have a lot of team camps in July, they have some, but most of it is like your, you know, your prep schools and all those guys. The elite guys are playing. They're playing AU, yeah. so they don't have a lot of team camps. Like Finley, you know, they have one team camp in July, and they have like three in June. Um, so, and then really for our guys, most of our guys, football starts in July. So we look at June as our ten days. We get ten days in the off season where we can coach them, and that's we say, okay, June is where we get our ten days. 
And um, now we lift them throughout the year. The non-football guys will lift. And then, um, you know, we'll do individual instruction. But it's, it's really even hard. This year we had a lot of kids that weren't in football, so we were able to play some open gyms. But how impactful is that on their games and all? Like, it's not – it's not ter- terribly important. The more probably the bigger thing is is working on that skill on their own. And the kids that do that, you see big jumps. Like Justin has invested a lot into his game. Yeah. Like, and you know, in terms of skill, like he is is focused on these are the three things I need to get better at. He goes and works on those things, and that's why you've seen him grow every year. Yeah. Um, so, with the program, like, how do you know? what to do is right. Like, is there a certain program or a coach that you say, man, we want to be like them or this coach, whether it's high school, college, pro, whatever that you say, like this guy or this girl, they run this program the right way. And we're trying to kind of model ourselves in your own style, in your own way after what they do, or if you even take pieces of what a program does, if you took pieces, if you do take more from one program or another that you've kind of molded into your own, yeah, I mean, I from a high school standpoint, I don't know that we would want to do things exactly like Jackson, but I've always admired how Jackson Center, Jackson Center, how they can, how he year in year out, how they bring it. Yeah, you know, and sometimes he, whether he has good athletes, not great athletes, I think he has he has a true program in my mind. Um, so I, I think there's some things that I like try to focus on from them. I don't know that we would slow the pace down that quite that Yeah, much. not necessarily the exact offense. Yeah, defense, but, but just I, I like how his kids buy in. I like how hard he coaches. Um, and, you know, I've told you that before. I think he's been really, really good to us just in terms of, um, you know, talking and stuff when I was, when I was first started. So, um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't really, I mean, co- collegiately, um, you know, you you know some of the guys that I I would I would kind of like like Izzo is one. You know, yeah. I mean, if you say that that kind of a program, like, I'm, like what I'm about what about Izzo's program? That do you like? They're like, just tough. Yeah, like they're just tough. They're they're wearing they're, shoulder pads to practice. Yeah, they just the heck out of each other. They're just no bullshit. Like I I think he coaches his kids hard, and I think he loves his kids really hard, and I think they they learn to appreciate that and they respect that. I think painter at Purdue does a really nice job. Um, you know, there, there's several coaches out there that I, you know, that I would say, you know, you, you take from, or I, I follow, I mean, those two are, you know, pretty, pretty significant, but you know, there's other, there's other guys. I mean, Brad Stevens, you know, when he was yeah. at Butler, I mean, the professor. Yeah. Like, I mean, he's doing things great whole, you know, Anthony Grant, like all those guys, they try to take pieces from all those coaches. Um, even some of the football coaches, like there's, there's some guys that you just like, this is how a culture should be. Yeah. Right. So I mean, we're not there yet, obviously like not even close to having our culture where it needs to be. But I think, uh, you, know, you try to take some of the, those pieces, like you said. Now you mentioned a lot of different programs there. <laughs> We, well, there is. No, 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 but I'm go, where I'm going with this is, and what Jackson and I have talked about, <laughs> we're big diehard Dayton fans, as all of our uh, loyal 102 listeners of the pod uh, know. But who the hell you want me to root for, Thomas Moore? I mean, I don't know, man. Like, Jackson, like, you like a new team every single year. Like, that, 
And we've, what we've learned in, you know, over the course of the last couple of years is I think it's, we comes from your dad, apparently, who was a Fairweather fan. True or false? No. Well, so dad's deal was. Like, we love dad, but. He used to, pops, he used to hang a Michigan flag just to <laughs> piss off our neighbors. You know, and it wasn't it really like Michigan, he likes Ohio State, but just to just to piss off the neighbors. Is Pops a hater, technically a hater? That, no, it's just going against the grain. Kind of a hater. Yeah, I don't know. I I honestly we we've talked about this before, but I honestly I root for people and I have a hard time rooting for organizations where I can't control who the people are. You know, I don't know if that makes sense. So like if I could, I could be like kind of, but like being loyal to one organization that the coach may leave. Like if Tom Izzo leaves Michigan State, if I was a big Michigan State fan and Tom Izzo leaves Michigan State, right? Like, Dane Five takes over, you're out. Yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. so like when uh, you know LeBron left the Cavs. Yeah, yeah, but but you similar. But you stayed a Cavs fan. Yeah, kind of, sort of. The guy who has eleven different jerseys in his top drawer upstairs. Yeah, which talk, yeah, talking about it. But small. like a part of that, I feel like you're part of like the, like with Jackson and the like the kids. I feel like you're just more of the that newer era. Maybe you were ahead of your time. Maybe I'm ahead of the time. But, like, but I think they're loyal to. They're like the kids are even loyal to like my boys are loyal to Steph Curry. The player, yeah, yeah the player, yeah. And or or a group of players, yeah, that they see playing together. It's like there's certain times where I'm I'm a huge Buckeye fan because I love their coach and quarterback and like yeah. you know. But there's times where I'm not like I'm not as excited because and they may even be good that year, but I don't really believe what the coach is selling and I don't like who their running back is or how he acts. Like so you're out. So then I'd be out. Then I think that really truly is. I mean, I'm loyal right now to Minster, and that's about it. You know, in terms of sports teams, like yeah. I wonder yeah. why he's loyal to Minster. <laughs> but like, so, so, so yeah. So I like we grew up and and like right away it was we're Cubs fans, we were Bulls fans, and we were Bears fans. And my dad went to IU, so we were Hoosier fans. He took us down to an IU football game and IU basketball game every year. So I went to Dayton after Lincoln Trail. So I'm a Lincoln Trail fan, the Statesman. But then it was UD and it was Indy. Like that was it. And I and now. Like, I, I can't, like, if I were to go, like, one time, one time, I, and I'm, as a Cub fan, we went to a game at Yankee Stadium. Bonnie got me this Reds T-shirt jersey, and I just happened to show up on Fox Sports Ohio during the rain delay wearing this red shirt. And all 11 people that were watching the game were all blowing me up. Like, God, I can't believe you, you cheated on the Cubs. <laughs> you sell out to wear this red shirt at the Yankee Stadium, sitting there with Ron and J.R. Boimer. In our section through the rain delay, but like it, uh, I felt I threw, threw the shirt away. Came all through the trash. I couldn't wear it. I got back out the Kerry Wood shirt. Went back on the Mark Pryor. We got it back out, but I just couldn't do it. And like that, I think just from like my dad and you know everything, they just it's just kind of what it was. And you couldn't sell out. And you but should, like but like, but like now, like Jackson, like all your friends, you guys like the, like like you're, you're like Tyler. A big James Harden fan. Yeah. James Harden goes to the oh good lord to the Memphis Grizzlies. He's gonna like the Grizzlies. He's getting those James Harden Grizzly socks, right? Like, who are your guys, Jackson? Um, uh, like Giannis. Yeah, like Giannis. But so no matter where Giannis went, you'd probably root for that team. Yeah. Yeah. 
I'm with you on that. Why do you like Giannis? He's just good. Good how? You gotta give us more than that, man. Because he's the best player in the league, and he's the only good player in the league. Well, not the only good player. He's like the only like next like level, next level like superstar other than LeBron and Kawhi. And LeBron and Kawhi both left their teams. And he stuck with them. After winning, after winning a title. So I just like Giannis. But do you go out in the driveway, or do kids and your classmates and your teammates, like Jordan growing up was like, oh, we, we tried the fadeaway, we tried the, the switch of hands and the lane movie that he had against the Lakers. Like, we tried those, like, that's the moves that we tried. Do you guys have a move, or do you say as you're messing around, I want to do the Giannis move or the Kobe move or the – is there somebody that you all try to, to mimic? <laughs> so the two main things are the um, Kareem skyhook. Everyone wants to do that. And then the uh, – Surprise. <laughs> the Dirk fadeaway. Yeah. So you guys would go old school with that. Then. Like so the, the Dirk fadeaway. Yeah. Do people appreciate the guys of the – 70s and 80s, like you just you said, the cream skyhook, like um, pretty much nobody except me. But they now know of the of the fade, and so now or the uh, the skyhooks now. I'm gonna try it. Yeah. Oh, here's Tico. Here's here's Trent Hickelein. They call me Rodrigo. Walking in here with the refill. <laughs> Thanks, oh, yeah. We're good, man. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> they call me Rodrigo. That's it, but like your other, like, like, like your son, your kid, like your boys, like, do they, they're, they're Warriors fans, but are they, do they, like, would they follow Steph? He got traded to the, to the, to the Nets, or the Knicks, or the Bulls? I don't know. I don't know. I don't think, I mean, I think so. I really do. I think so. Like, if, if Steph and Clay were both out, I think we'd have a hard time getting Warriors fans. Is there a younger guy? Like, no, Steph's, like, he's, 32 years getting old. Getting old. I mean, he's not getting old, easy, but he's 32. He's getting old. Is there a guy that's 20 to 25? That's a good question. Outside of Giannis that you say that he's the next one, like for your guys, Jackson, the kids your age? Or Michael, since he's a Fairweather fan, follows plays around? I could I could, I could, could get behind Jimmy Butler. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I don't know if how young he is, but like. He's like 30, so. Yeah, so he might be getting up there, but. Could you get behind the heat? I, I could. I think I could. Like, good coach. Oh. Bam. Tyler. Oh. Tyler Hero. Like, um, Tyler Hero. See, that's one that Cole will go out. Like, yeah. You know, 20. Cole, he's 20 years old. Yeah. So, like, he could be, he could be really good. I think there's a couple kids. I mean, but they, you know, part of, I think part of Steph is just how he handles himself, like, off the court, too. Yeah. There's, there's, there's some pretty cool stuff. Like he's he a brand. I mean, he's officially brand out with his new thing, but he's but he's he's the man. He's the man. Yeah, he's the man. Yep, good family guy. And um, you know his whole history of his families. I mean, they're Dell and yeah. So that probably influence probably came a lot for me, but part of it was to also piss off <laughs> brother-in-law. Which goes back to your dad putting the Michigan flag on the front porch. Speaking of which, JJ goes to UD game with the with the UD. Hey, so so quick background: our our guy JJ, your assistant coach, our buddy, you're going scout with you, I guess, in a few minutes. 
JJ went to Ohio State, grew up Ohio State, claims Dayton was always a second team. No one can prove that. We're still, <laughs> we're still searching for sources there. Claims he was a, sec, uh, as a, as a flyer as a second team. March 7th was the last Dayton game of, of 2020. Well, last game of the season this past year. My, my 40th birthday, we all go to the game. 40 and tickets. We had 40-some people on the bus to go down there. JJ, the night before, comes over and says, hey, I need some gear. I need, I need, I need some Dayton stuff. I walk him into the closet, which is like, you know, that's all I have in there is Dayton stuff. And, and, he, and he wears it the next day. Now, tell me what you were to say. To this day. So he's on, he's on TV and Rod sees him on TV with a date. Like, somehow. Yeah. Your other assistant coach, Rod. Oh, I right? saw him on TV. Rod, Rod, to this day, every time JJ, you know, there's a text that goes out. And Roger's like, JJ, you get your UD stuff. I mean, just pulling all kinds of crap all the time. <laughs> JJ's like, I feel like I made my dad mad. Like, <laughs> this is great. This is good. Yeah, that uh, that was that was the last game of the regular season, and and then it all shut down. But we're back into it now. We're two and zero right now. Tell us about the team this year. Like, tell, what's the what's the identity of of the 2020-21 Mr. Wildcats. I, I think it, I think a little bit of what we talked about earlier, like they're they're a together. Of, yeah, they're a unit. Like um, you can see it. We have a long way to go to be good, but I think you know they, you know Justin's you know played well last night. Um, last night, twenty nine points, twenty three rebounds. Boards. Yeah, yeah. He, but he didn't play well the first quarter, and he yeah. didn't play well the first game. I didn't think he played like he wanted to the first game. And um, I, but I thought he was tough, really tough those last three quarters. Um, last night, he's, you know, 29, 23. Um, two dunks. Hopefully, you know, one and a half dunks. One and a half dunks. Yeah. Yeah. I don't give him that second one. First one was legit. Um, but, you know, I think we can, you know, as we get a couple of guys back over the next few weeks, you know, Falk, Webker, um, we could get the Fort, Fortman back. Um, Later in January, you know, I think we've got some pieces to to be, you know, compete at a high level if we want to. But we have a lot of things to fix um, too. So, you know, I think it's kind of a it's his own little puzzle piece right now that we're trying to put together. Um, but we have, you know, we have some pieces that we think that we just got to kind of grow into each other. How do you stay patient during that? Like, so, as a as a coach, like you're where where you're uber focused on winning. Try and build a program, but you got to win now. You want to win every game, all that, right? But you got guys out. You're hurt. It's a messed up scale. I mean, who knows if you know if somebody gets COVID, the game could be canceled in two weeks or so. Like, how do you stay patient as you're just kind of going through the process? Because I feel like if it would just be like be so obsessed with the next game, it's hard to look big picture. I guess it'd be difficult for me to do that if I were in your shoes, which is why I'm not. High school head coach, but but how do you just kind of stay patient and understand that it's coming? We're getting two more six three, six four kids back, good athletes, experience. Like how do you just sit back and be like, you know, we'll we'll do this? It's kind of like the um, I don't know what a good analogy would be, but like uh, you know, the games are kind of the reward, but you yeah. want to the the thing that you want to do the most, like in the off, like I would. A lot of times in the offseason, like, I just want to go to practice with these guys. Yeah. So you stay really focused on practice. You stay really focused on just getting better every day, being around the kids, make sure they're growing. 
Um, you know, and, and I think that's how you stay patient with it. Um, focus on things that are in your control, you know, um, and not really worry about the results. I think if you're doing the right things in practice, you're doing the right things outside of um, in the off season, then all of that will take care of itself. Um, sometimes, you know, sometimes you got the Jimmys and the Joes, sometimes you don't. Yeah. I mean, but, you know, there's a lot of things in there that you can control to make yourself a good team. And, you know, you just have to focus on doing those things and, and maximizing what our potential is. And, you know, I think with, with having hurt or, you know, I think it can make a team stronger, like us not having Brian, he comes back in the next couple of weeks. It's going to add too, but other guys have been forced to handle yeah. different situations. And, you know, that in a way can be good for those other kids. Yeah. Um, and then give the team added confidence down the road that, hey, I've been in this position before. Um, so I think there's, you know, that's the way you kind of stay patient with it. But it's like nothing you can control. Like injuries are part of life. Yeah. Like COVID now is a part of life. Like, yeah. We'll, we'll hopefully not for long. It is. Um, next question. How far do you think the team is going to make it this year? How far do we think the team's going to make it this year? I think um, that's that's a good question. I, I think uh, in terms of a tournament run, I think we're poised to make a tournament run. Like we, like I said, we have a lot of the pieces, but some of that's going to boil down to how tough we are. Like. Um, you know, where we can get our team to mentally as that goes on. You know, I've heard a lot of people talk about our district, um, and that's no joke. Like, you're playing – I think there's – amongst all the coaches, there's a lot of agreement that just getting out of the district – loaded. There's a, there's a badge of honor if yeah. you can get out of that district. And, you know, this year it will probably be Parkway and Fort Recovery, who's got everybody back from a one seed last year. Yeah. St. Henry's 3-0, and like, they're going to be really good. Marion has really got three really good players. Yeah. You know, there's just – Bremen's going to be solid. Like, yeah. I think, you know, a lot of that depends on how well you're gelling towards that time and how tough you are because when it gets to those games, it's all about, you know, I, I heard this on a podcast earlier this year, like, you know, everybody's going to guard really well certain teams will guard a little bit better and that could be the difference. But ultimately, can you score in a half court? Yeah. You know, if you can score in a half court, you're going to, you're, you're going to be poised to make a run, but you have to be able to get shots because teams around here, especially in that district, are going to guard their asses off. Like that's just the way it is. Like they're going to guard and uh, you could have guys that can make plays. Yeah. It's loaded. It, um, you know, even we, we before the season, we were just talking as friends and neighbors and everything else. You know, we know that Parkway lost a few a, a guy or two, but but I'll, they just keep reloading. Like it is just a friggin' just a war to get out of the, the district. What? Uh, so we know we got to wrap up here in a second because you got to get to scouting. Yeah, yeah. Where are you going tonight? Going to watch Marion Bakins play Bakins on Tuesday. So we're going to go. Logs and I are actually going together. I think JJ and Kurt are going to watch Parkway. Okay. So we got Bakins coming up here. Then who we have next? Uh, next week? Don't we have Bremen? Yeah. So we got uh, we got Bakins Tuesday, Bremen Friday, and uh, Wapak Saturday. Big week. Three games in a week. Yeah. Hopefully, when we review the tape of those, that the video coordinator for the basketball team doesn't screw it up and only record one side of the court. Yeah, we getting better at that, Jackson. Yeah. 
Yeah. And you got your mask on all the time. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Keep it up. All right. So we'll keep working on that. You got to run. Whoever Thanks that for, video coordinator is. Yeah. It's the host of the pod. <laughs> one of the one, two, six boys. Hey, so thanks for coming over. It was good to talk. We'll get you back here, you know, the next week or two. We'd love to have you as a reoccurring spot, special guest star uh, for the 126 pod. But good talking with you. Thanks for the insight. Are we going to get Craig on here? Yeah, we'll get Craig. We'll call our buddy Craig. We'll call. We'll get uh, We'll get everybody on this thing. We'll get Coach Lacrosse over in Fort Wayne. Absolutely. He's got to be on there. Coach Lacrosse? Coach Brad over at uh, Fairlawn. He's got a heck of a team this year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like there's a new kid that showed up there. They got the forward exchange student that they yeah. just shipped in to come in and, and help them out. So yeah, we're gonna get a lot of people. We're gonna have a lot of fun. But uh, we look forward to getting you back out here directly to uh, to talk about about we'll talk about all things hoops here in the, in the Minster area. Thanks for having me, guys. Good deal. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And once again, this pod is brought to you by Forty Nine Degrees. www.49degrees.com.